Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is G. Kim. I'm a shareholder at the law firm Vetter Price based in Singapore. It's my pleasure to uh, join you this afternoon and in moderating this panel. I think we've got a fantastic group of folks here who will share their thoughts from the banking side of, you know, uh, what's of the current state of the market as well as uh, some of the uh, thoughts that are going through their, um, uh, um, you know, through their companies. Um, let me just introduce you very quickly to the panel and we'll get started here. To my immediate left is Mr. Daryl Tan, Head of Transportation Logistics, Asia Pacific at ABN Emro. Next to him is Mr. Logan Chung, Managing Director of Transport Sector, Investment Banking Asia Pacific, BNP Paribas. Next to him is Mr. James Tong, Managing Director, Head of Asia Pacific in Japan, Global Shipping Logistics, and recently Head of Diversified Industrials in China at Citi. Next to him is Mr. Nicholas Adran, Director, Corporate Finance and Partner at Fairness Securities. And last but not least, um, Ms. Maureen Jiang, Director of Standard Chartered Bank. All right. So uh, I was looking at some recent uh, data that's come out in the market uh, on the uh, shipping fina uh, finance uh, by the banks. And based on some recent numbers, at least for 2019, the first quarter, it looks like uh, year to end, um, the volume of business may be slightly below uh, what we've seen last year. Um, it's slightly below also the historic average. Not sure if we can conclusively make any sort of um, statements about what, ha what the market is like for the banks uh, after just one quarter. But, you know, looking back at 2019, you know, it, it, contrary to what may be um, a popular view in light of some of the bigger press with certain banks leaving the market, um, not doing the traditional financings anymore, um, perhaps that that's a lazy view, but um, um, it would be good to hear from the panel this afternoon um, um, their thoughts and you know what the market, what the current market state is like for the banks, because deals were being done in 2018, um, albeit it may have been at more expensive cost, and certainly in the market in general, uh, financing market, uh, we do see a lot of alternatives out there. Um, you know, it's perhaps it's. Um, it's gotten to be such a prevalent part of the market now that we can stop calling them alternatives, but they are part of the financing world as we know it in the shipping sector. So, you know, clearly there's less total commercial bank debt because of the exit of certain banks, um, but um, I like to think maybe the situation isn't as bleak or dire as it may seem to be from a cursory view. So we'll, we'll expect to hear some thoughts on that uh, this afternoon. Um, you know, as I said, there are, the traditional banks are doing deals. I think we've seen them. Um, but perhaps when, you, when, you, when you're not talking about the highest credits, where that's very um, uh, competitive and the competition is fierce, and I, can, I think we can all attest to that. But there have been some creative deals that were done for, by some of the banks, whether it was um, managing the upfront cost or maybe the amortization profile may have changed a little bit. Uh, so hopefully there's some, uh, an appetite for a bigger array of borrowers that can make use of the, 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 the bank market. So on that sort of introductory note, um, I will, lead, I will uh, ask for the, uh, the panel's thoughts. Um, sort of your appetite and capacity for lending today versus perhaps last year, uh, even compared to uh, the first quarter of, uh, of 2019. Uh, Daryl, you want to start us off here? Yeah, definitely. Thanks, uh, G. Um, ABN Emerald has been involved in shipping for many decades now. 
and the shipping industry is uh, it's one that is important for the bank. We remain committed to the industry and also to our clients, uh, and we'll be very keen to use our capital for clients. Um, but what we see, despite um, not the lack of appetite, was like you pointed out, there was uh, much less activity compared to 12 months or uh, 18 months ago. So while we are very much in the market, um, we see also that there are much fiercer competition also from the alternatives, like you said, um, but we still continue to be a financial partner to all our clients, and, and I think for the years and decades uh, that come, so we will continue to be there. Logan, your thoughts? Yeah, um, uh, BMP, we have done shipping for more than 50 years, so we are quite, quite consistent. Uh, every year we, we increase our book. Uh, fairly speaking, that uh, uh, we we do not see really the market is slowing down. Yeah, well, our deal flow is still very strong. Uh, although there are some band uh, uh, well, not doing shipping anymore, but um, uh, we we see that uh, um, the market uh, funding is still sufficient, but maybe due to the um, the shipping market because of the bulk carrier sector so and the trade war so ship owners they probably they're more conservative that's why the demand uh, from uh, ship financing may be not as great as uh, last year but uh, because uh, supply imbalance and um, less than doing shipping so we we see the the deal flow is still very much the same as last year in fact uh, we uh, frankly speaking, we can have a chance to select our clients. Yeah, and unfortunately, BMP we are uh, a very conservative band, so our target client list is uh, target market is still the the top tier, second tier, and also. But it doesn't mean that we 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 not target any uh, uh, parish owners. We have a lot of parish owners clients uh, in Hong Kong, in China too. But uh, we need to really look at their, 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 their history, their reputation, their incredibility uh, to, to follow. Yeah, thank you. James, your thoughts? Good afternoon, everyone. Um, in my view, I think most of the banks will still be doing shipping finance, but then it's, it's a little bit devil's in the details. There will always be relationship banks helping their existing clients to look for sourcing for different financing. I think, in fact, the volume has shrunk for sure. Various reasons banks are leaving and also they are new, new entrants to the market. But I think it is important to give a message that not to give a wrong message to the public that they could order ships and expecting there will be shipping finance that easily. But in fact, since I moved to China, I've noticed that there's a shift of the Shipping finance again now. Uh, in the old day, it was captive and then become individual ship owners. Nowadays, we see more cargoes owner come to the market to buy ships because they do have a cargo. So from that perspective, they should be able to get the financing because I think in the past, a lot of capitals have been um, invested into ship owners and a lot of them might not necessarily cargo owners that create a speculative markets in there. I think it is good to have capital dried up 
At the same time, we see a lot of leasing company coming into the market, which is a very good substitute. But at the same time, I also see competitions among the leasing companies too. I think it is important to think about what Dr. Martin's talk will talk about, the environmental issues in here. And I think there'll be lots of green ships coming out into the market. And they are relatively more expensive at the moment, but I see that one of the Malaysian clients that we see, they have ordered the first dual fuel tankers, which is almost double the price in the normal market price. But they have secured long-term contract from the oil major. Because I do believe that these type of expensive ships now, but green ships will have the market. At the same time, we see a lot of green funding coming into the market to look for the right ships because it, is, it cannot wait anymore. The environmental issue is a, a, a imminent issue. Next year, there will be um, Poseidon Principle is going to come out to the market as well. That will actually dictate the banks how to sign to become a um, responsible financier. I think this is the part that all changes. If we are not preparing ourselves, I think that is something that if you are still continue financing the same type of ships, same type of financing, I think that would be where the loss is going to be incurred for, for, for lenders. So I think it is a healthy market now not to have a lot of volumes, in fact, and while focusing on the right ships, right clients. Nicholas? Yes, thank you. So I think we at Friendly Securities uh, can maybe offer a slightly different perspective, you know, not having any money to lend out because we're an investment bank and not a, not a lender in that sense. Um, we think that uh, it's obviously good for our business uh, as arrangers of high-yield bonds, uh, secured and unsecured, uh, lease financing, etc. Uh, it's good for us that the banks are maybe much, not as active and much more selective, certainly, than they've been before. You know, I think others have spoken earlier, of, um, earlier today of a very clear flight to quality. So there's very strong downward uh, pricing pressure for a select few uh, owners. So that's good for our business. On the other hand, you know, I'm a little bit concerned that um, with shipping being such a fragmented business um, and uh, the lacking availability of traditional, you know, low margin debt to uh, so many owners means that there will mo most likely be um, a kind of ceiling or there will, there will be a, that will act as a damper on the asset values. And for us as an investment bank who not only help arrange debt but also equity, we think that it will be interesting to see how the listed shipping names will react going forward when the underlying market improves, you know, you have a better rate environment but at the same time uh, the lack of availability of traditional debt means that their S&P activity is not going to be as high. So we think uh, that's uh, going to be interesting to, to follow. Mm. Maureen, your thoughts? Yeah, um, so basically Standard Charter <coughs> Bank, um, traditionally or historically it is a trade bank. So um, we, um, shipping finance is always the focus of this bank. And, and this is a um, strategically important part of the business. Um, Charter Bank has done shipping finance for um, more than 10 years now, and it is still a, a, a focus for us. We have seen a few banks coming in, have seen a few bank, um, banks leaving this industry, but we are still here. Um, we are here for good, um, as always. Um, in terms of lending volumes, back to your question, I think um, looking at the data point, um, at a, I mean, looking at the data at a certain point, 
um, might not be uh, reflecting the factuals because there are a lot of um, a lot of uh, one-off factors affecting those data points. But in general, I would say this year um, our appetite will be will be bigger than last year. Um, and I think I totally agree with James. Um, we will focus more on the cargo owners. So I think, um, especially for, for this year, our new strategy is to focus on um, the, the shipping finance transactions that are providing clients that is not cor highly correlated with shipping industry itself, so that we are not concentrated in the volatility of this industry. Our client, so if, um, they have the ability, um, they have a diversified business to weather um, the cyclicality of the business, um, of the shipping industry, I mean. Then their risk tolerance, uh, sorry, their, their, their risk resilience is much stronger. Those will be the clients we're focusing on. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Um, along those lines, I think if we can peel back the onion layers a little bit and dive a little bit more into the nuances of the types of deals that you are looking into. Um, I, I was gonna ask about sort of non-performing loans and de-risking de the lending books, but we will uh, skip that question. <laughs> and, um, and perhaps we can dive into sort of, um, Logan, you had already mentioned of sort of the conservative nature of, of BMP and looking at mm -hmm. the deals, but the volume is, you, you think that the volume will be there. And then certainly James, you alluded to the fact that the uh, the devil's in the details, right? So um, let's see what those details are. I mean, are, are the types of vessels that you're looking at in this market, um, sort of the typical loan spreads, um, the pricing, I mean, without giving any specifics, but sort of your feelings about what the, where you see the advance rates treading, um, uh, just a little bit more diving into sort of the nu nuances of what you're seeing in the market and what you're seeing within your respective institutions. Uh, especially for the uninitiated, when you're talking about it in sort of macro terms, it's hard to visualize sometimes what that means. Um, Daryl, if you can kind of share your thoughts on sort of the, um, the types of deals. Um, I mean, we assume they're all secured, but perhaps there are some unsecured deals that you may be looking at with certain credits. Um, so if you could share some of your thoughts on what you're seeing. Okay. Do, do you want Logan and the rest to start first? or? Um, should we start from the other end and work way back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, for asset types, um, we will still focus on the liquid asset types because as a bank, um, we want to make sure when we need to enforce the asset, we have the ability to do that. Well, we are not expert in this, part, um, in this field, so we want to make sure the assets um, are saleable assets. But in the meantime, we are also very interested in the um, offshore production units, for example, FSRU, FPSO, FLNG, those kind of um, assets, but of course with long-term charter. So we need, um, for these assets, of course, you are not looking at the asset itself. You are looking at the cash flow, the underlying cash flow, and also the, um, the credit, um, how should I say, the, the counterparty risk of the um, cash flow that is coming from. So these will be the assets we um, will be focusing on. For offshore, for pure offshore exploration um, assets, we will still be a bit cautious, but if there is good um, long-term charter um, backing up the project, I think um, it is still a um, good project that to be worked on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nicholas. I think we see that in general there's quite little appetite for uh, oil service for most of the traditional lenders. Um, on the other hand, uh, from uh, credit investors, we do see that 
There is appetite for some pockets within the oil service space. We did a $475 million uh, bond for Flotel last year. Uh, that just shows that you know there is uh, appetite out there even for that kind of asset. Um, we do see more and more. Um, I, I agree with Maureen's point on people having uh, focus on, uh, on liquidity or liquid types of assets, commoditized assets. On the other hand, you know, the whole sort of green shift that we're seeing, you know, I, I'm based in Norway and there, uh, there's a very strong movement towards uh, hybrid uh, and electrical powered vessels. We have a lot of our ferry infrastructure is now either hybrid or electrically powered. Uh, we see uh, that there's a lot of appetite actually also from Asian institutions to uh, participate in financing uh, that type of vessel. Um, and that, you know, I think uh, is maybe the most interesting change. There will probably always be uh, lending appetite and capacity for commodity shipping, but I think it's more interesting to follow some of these new trends because I think you can attach things to uh, that type of financing which makes it even more competitive. For example, you have um, credit investors in Scandinavia that say that you know if a certain uh, a certain percentage of their portfolio needs to be green, uh, and uh, if they can accomplish that, they can uh, come in with a bond that's substantially lower priced than if you're talking uh, a similar credit, but for you know a non-green initiative. So I think that's uh, that's an interesting trend that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. For us, we are pretty asset agnostic except one type of ships that we do not finance will be ferry. We go for ocean going, but the whole point is because we do not looking at it as a liquidating factor that the asset will be on our hands. In fact, we look at the business model itself. The underlying business model is very important for us. If you listen to the previous panel, um, most of they are all listed company. They actually can come into the market and do quite different deals when the other owners might barely get shipping finance, they'll be able to get a revolver, they might be able to get a, a, a second-hand refinancing. So I see that this is a very important for ship owners in the future to be able to, to, be able to diversify their source of funding. And I do think that a lot of Asian places are not necessarily listed. I think that contain them from, or constrain them from borrowing from Shaduru Shipping Bank, I think that would be an issue from that perspective. In our portfolio, we see that number of Asian players are now going to the capital market, particularly on the project bond basis. We're talking about this offshore with long-term charter. Even though with long-term charter, I don't really think that commercial bank will be able to provide a 10 of 20 years or 30 years, but instead the capital market would do so. We see a lot of Western players already going into that angle, probably because they could not borrow it from the traditional European banks. So they have to attempt go to the capital market. But in this summertime, you will see a couple of pure Asian players going to the project bond market, and they could secure like something up to 20 years. And a lot of them are financing are provided by commercial bank and now being taken out by the capital markets. So this is what I see um, for those clients that will be able to raise funds, they will continue to diversify their source of fundings. Okay. Yeah. Um, for BMP, in, in fact, if uh, you look at my name card, shipping actually in the investment banking division, we do, in fact, uh, we have, uh, I think uh, we are the only band uh, in Asia that uh, have um, shipping sector in investment banking. 
So we do one uh, stop shop for, for our clients. So uh, well, we do traditional, traditional financing and our financing ratio is uh, from 50% to even uh, 90% and sometimes we, we package, arrange 100% financing for our clients. And uh, we, we do project bonds and also test leasing, JOCO, French test lease, all that, that can actually uh, enhance our clients' uh, uh, borrowing costs. Yeah, um, but uh, particularly if uh, you also look at our logo, our logo is green. <laughs> so now the hottest uh, topic is uh, green financing, green shipping. So uh, we very much promote uh, uh, green shipping loan, green shipping bond. So this is something that uh, uh, we, we uh, promote uh, 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 very strongly nowadays. And, um, uh, but I don't know in the Norwegian market, because uh, in Asian market, if a green bond, it doesn't mean that you will lower your borrowing costs. In fact, it's the, the same. Uh, and additionally, maybe you have additional costs because you need to have uh, the consultancy agents to give you opinion, the green opinion, so this is additional cost. The only benefit you can get is a reputation. That is a CSR, that, that is a corporate society responsibility that you can gain from the market, uh, from your regulator, the, the society, government. So that is a reputational gain. Uh, but no, no additional uh, benefit or your boring cost. But however, if on green loan, or what we call this uh, some incentive side loan, that some band, particularly BMP, we can contribute, yeah, we can lower our borrowing costs, yeah, in order to contribute to the society. That is something that is from the, our top management. If we're not a green loan, then uh, that is normal price. If a green loan, we will uh, reduce certain percentage of margin. But I cannot tell you now because this is a commercial <laughs> secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it doesn't mean that we don't do non-green loan. <laughs> yeah. We do, we do everything. So, but uh, we we promote green loan quite a lot. Yeah, thank you. Okay, uh, for ABN, we are like city. We are uh, sector agnostic when it comes to asset classes. Uh, for us, the main uh, one of the main criteria we look at when it comes to financing is how our clients manage their business the management team behind the track record. So uh, from a sector perspective, um, we are less particular about it. But at the same time, we would prefer asset going vessels, uh, commoditized assets that is a bit more liquid. Um, we, well, for now, tend to be a bit more conservative on the offshore supply market. And we uh, also have traditionally not financed cruises. Um, I want to switch gears just a little bit here. Um, I know we appreciate the thoughts on sort of the, the appetite and, and the types of deals that you guys are and the banks are looking into. But um, I want to talk about relationships. I mean, I don't think anyone in here will say that relationships don't matter anymore. 
relation is clearly a relationship-driven business. Uh, relationships do matter. But I think what we've learned in the last handful of years is that um, the profitability, uh, the numbers have to back up those relationships. You know, the days of, of just automatically going and relying on that relationship for the loans, I think, is pretty much over in a sense that you, you do actually need the numbers to back up, uh, back up sort of uh, the long-standing relationship that you may have had. So to what extent has your views on relationship with your clients um, and how you address those relationships, how have that changed um, recently? Maybe we'll start here with Daryl Yip. Okay, uh, for us, relationship is key. Uh, so if we see an opportunistic deal uh, that gives very high returns, but we don't see a relationship angle or we don't see a potential uh, long-term relationship with the client or prospect, then we would not do the transaction. And uh, so on, on the same token, uh, if we are looking at a relationship like GCS, the, the economics have to stack up. Of course, from time to time, there would be transactions that would be below hurdles, uh, but on a long-term sustainable perspective, uh, the numbers need to work. And I think uh, most clients understand that. They are very happy to help banks uh, achieve their uh, hurdles or their targets and whenever it makes sense because it has to be a long-term uh, sustainable uh, type of relationship for both parties. Mm -hmm. And I think for most of our clients, that has worked uh, very well. Logan, do you share that sentiment? Or? Yeah, definitely. Um, we are actually a relationship band. Um, uh, we will not just do one-off deal, um, hit and run, no. We, we want to... Uh, bank with our client is to grow, to have a long-term relationship. And definitely, uh, if uh, you are our existing client, that is much easier to get uh, deal done, approval, credit approval. But for new client, that will take um, a longer time that we will need to do due diligence and uh, uh, our risk people will have to take a look whether uh, how good the company, the client is. So definitely uh, relationship, existing relationship will help uh, for, for credit approval. And for pricing wise, that also help because uh, uh, we, we try to do businesses not just uh, well, pure penguin linear shipping loan. Uh, we like to do um, financing and other stuff with our client uh, uh, in all dimensions. So we will have a lot of cross-sellings. Uh, that's why uh, we, we, well, we can do bonds, uh, ECM, DCM, and any uh, other products, cash management, all that. So uh, trade finance, that definitely will help the client revenue yeah, uh, overall. So while well, maybe we lower our pricing margin on the debt shipping loan, but uh, we have the IPO mandate and uh, EB, CB mandate, that will help, yeah. James. We have very stringent target market criteria, so we haven't really changed much of our portfolio since probably 20 or 30 years ago. But having said that, during the crisis time when some of the banks were retrieving from the market, I think that was a time we could actually get into names that in the past we would not be able to get in and build a very good relationship. In fact, it's during the down time we built 
sustainable long-term relationship with those clients. And we also see that, as I mentioned before, we're focusing on more cargoes owner too. Their number of names, they might not be traditional shipping names in the past, but then they have been our relationship on a global basis. Then we'll be able to do so. And when it comes to structure solution too, we also work with leasing company. It's not easy because it is considered as a financial institution, so it would take quite an effort to really get our credit committee to be comfortable. But once you've done a deal, that will be a repeat. I think this is the part that um, makes that a little bit um, probably, um, I think actually the same as any other banks nowadays. If there were lots of banks coming to the market, there should be syndication. I don't see any syndications for shipping finance a lot. Uh, focusing on a few names, then all the, all the banks will be going in, in there. So all in all, it's just a shift of these markets and it will no longer be going back to the pre-crisis. That, that would be the, the, the future going, going forward, at least in the next five years or so, I would see. Yeah, I think what uh, Logan just said very clearly illustrates what I was about to say, which is that from where we're sitting, which is again a bit coming from the outside, um, we uh, very clearly see that although all the banks claim that they are still very much relationship driven, uh, that comes with some strings attached because uh, most of the banks that we have some kind of working relationship with or the lenders we have a working relationship with uh, are under a bit of pressure to increase their, uh, their return on, on their shareholders' equity, basically. And that means that you know, when you're lending out to the tier one clients that everyone's chasing at you know, falling margins, uh, you're not going to be able to uh, to make those to meet that uh, that improvement on return on equity. So what happens is that things like ancillary business becomes much more important. Uh, I have a good example that I don't want to mention by name, but we have a client that's uh, ordered some dry cargo ships. Uh, it's a standalone company. We would have thought that they would have struggled to uh, get uh, debt financing, but they achieved uh, L plus 250, 18-year uh, profile, uh, and roughly 60% LTV from a traditional lender, which for a company with you know, less than 10 assets, I think is extremely uh, aggressive financing. Uh, which they wouldn't bank have, is it? <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have achieved that if it weren't for the fact that uh, there are shareholders in that company that are extremely active mm -hmm. in the capital markets with other portfolio companies. And so I think the banks see an opportunity to lend out at a not so interesting margin on one hand, on the other hand, they know that they'll get the favor repaid with investment banking uh, mandates and cash management, FX, all these things. So I think that that is very important. So to just say that banks are relationship driven today, I think is not really accurate. I think it comes with, it's a much more complex picture than that. Mm -hmm. Ryan, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I think, well, first of all, we are relationship banks. Um, and I think for most banks who just enter um, the, 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 um, the financing industry, probably they will focus on probability, uh, profitability. But over the time, you need to focus on relationship. And we look at the um, overall relationship return. While for us, most of our clients, they are not just focused on a business in one particular, industry, uh, in, in one particular country. Um, our clients, they will have business in Southeast Asia, in Africa, in Middle East, in um, Brazil. 
So we, we also have people um, there supporting them. So we look at the overall account strategy from a global perspective. So of course we will focus on a overall um, relationship driven return. And in, in, in the meantime, um, to echo what Logan and James have mentioned. So for clients, we will look at um, their business model, but I think one fundamental thing is the reputation. So over the time, the client that has a uh, good, re uh, good reputation, they will, they will, they, they will, they will um, have the respect from the banks, and they will also benefit from that over the long time. Yeah. Mm. Uh, in the last couple minutes that we have, I want to touch upon um, what Nicholas was saying about the ancillary services. Uh, I think that is starting to become a key component of a lot of the banks in light of the uh, the margins decreasing, I mean, it's sort of a reality that you're going to have to offer up something in addition to something plus, right? Um, I, don't want, I don't want to spend the time going down the road here, but if anyone has additional thoughts, I know, Nicholas, you kind of started us on that path anyway, but James or, or Logan or Daryl or Maureen, if you want to chime in on some of the ancillary services that, you're, that, uh, that you have seen or offer up. Okay, if yeah. I can just add yeah. a quick comment, you know, uh, if you look at uh, DNB, who I don't believe are represented here today, but they were, <laughs> have traditionally been one of the largest lenders in shipping, yeah. and they have been quite openly, you know, wi been winding down their exposure, uh, partially by you know not refinancing uh, maturing uh, facilities, but also through when offering financing to people, doing so at margins that they know are not competitive relative to to their peers. Um, and, and I think for the lenders that have a large investment banking arm like DNV, uh, DNB, um, you have this situation where for many years you've been used to getting um, investment banking and, or ancillary business back on the back of supporting uh, the companies with debt. If you're no longer in the position to support the companies with providing attractive debt, you know, you no longer have as good a negotiating hand when, when sort of trying to, to uh, win beauty contests and come in, in on uh, ancillary business. So I think that's uh, going to be quite interesting to follow for some of the large banks that have both services in the shipping space. Um, maybe I just share my observations over the last two decades of financing, what I've seen in the past that it might be applicable to nowadays China or maybe where the finance centric is happening when a lot of owners come to the market and look at, look at how vibrant the leasing companies have become and at the same time the commercial banks have to be, um, be part of that too. If they could not lend it directly, they could through the leasing company lend it to their clients. I think one um, observation I have seen that I'd like to share with the audience is the Korean market. Korean market have been the leaders in terms of the shipbuildings and also ship finance in the, before the financial crisis, I have to say. One structure particularly stuck in my mind was when we were in the Korean market, we always see junior loan and senior loan. I think a lot of us have done that in the past too with fellow bankers. And I did mention about that, the junior loans particularly. At that time, most of the Korean company will not be able to get the long-term financing nor uh, come up with equity. So they borrowed from the junior tranche, the, which are the Korean banks. And 
after a while, a lot of them will be wiped out because whenever there is a market crash, the senior lenders actually get bailed out. They get first pay out, they cover by the asset. It end up having the junior bank, junior loans lenders that they have to absorb the, the losses. And I'm hoping that it would not be repeating in this, uh, in, 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 in this region again, because I think when we are competing too fiercely, sometimes we overlook the quality of the shipping asset or shipping clients itself. In fact, that would creating a bubbles in that sense. We are chasing too, too many, too little deals, but then we have to expand our market in order to keep our, our revenue. I think this is the part that what I see a lot of companies coming here to borrow from the leasing company. And I think that I'm sure that they have got very good stringent credit processes. I think this is important to share with them that what I have seen and that end up the Korean banks are no longer really helping the Korean companies uh, for, for financing. I think probably the, 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 the situation might not be the same, but I think it's worth to be able to share that with, with the audience in here that so that particularly when we are going to the next century of new financing for new ships, when we know that there are high overcapacity in number of the sectors, I think collaboration is more important than competitions. And I think it's because of the less competition amongst banks too. We talk to each other even more and for good clients. And sometimes we do have interesting clients that we might not be able to, 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 to swallow. I think we, it encourage, it allow us to, to talk to each other more of what we can do because no one wanted to have a a bad loan nowadays. Thank you. But James, you so far haven't cooperated with me yet. <laughs> really? Yeah, yes. But I did a lot with BNP in the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, uh, since James talked about uh, the last decade, uh, Korean ban, but I don't think uh, Chinese leasing company are doing the same here. First of all, they are the title owner of the ships, and I know them, they may uh, give a higher leverage ratio, uh, 80%, uh, 85 or 19, some, some 100 the operating lease. But I can see that the operating lease, they, they praise or they uh, underwrite um, uh, all to a very good charter like BP, Shell, or that, or MSC. So it, it's quite different in the old days of the Korean uh, uh, banking market because they are, they are doing the same for the, for the Korean client itself. It's not uh, have um, a, a third party charter. So I can see the, the model here is more robust than the, 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 than the past. And certainly for traditional banks like City, Standard Charter, ABN, and of course BNP, we will not compete uh, um, seriously on the financing race, ratio, leverage, but uh, we may compete on pricing. <laughs> well, on that note, I think we're, our time is up. I think, Logan, you and I, we missed the, uh, the memo about wearing the orange ties today. But, uh, <laughs> um, thank you for uh, your attention today, and thank you for the panel. I thought the information was fantastic, and uh, please, if you have any questions, approach any one of us here, and uh, I'm sure we'll be have to continue the dialogue. Yeah. Good deal. Thanks. Thank you very Thanks. much. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.